You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Sound is Matt Salton getting prepared uh, for <laughs> for screening in Kingston in our Marvel episode. Definitely going to keep this in. Um, welcome everybody. It's a very 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 special uh, episode of Screening in Kingston. Um, it always is when we have uh, fans who come on the show, friends of ours come in, experts on various things. Um, but then there's a second reason. But we'll in, we'll introduce the the guests first. Uh, as I said, welcoming back is is Matt Salton. Welcome back, Matt. Thank you for having me. Sorry about the clitter clatter. No, it's fine. That's you. You're, you like to make an entrance. You made it. We all know you're here. Um, <laughs> <Whoa>. And then, <laughs> no, <laughs> you do. You like an entrance. Um, and then we've also got uh, Andrew, who's back once again. Uh, welcome back, Andrew. Hey, everybody. Uh, I don't have as grand of an entrance as Matt, but but um, I guess I don't know. Something there you like go. That. You're you're always good for Marvel talk, though. That's your we if, if we're talking Marvel, people assume you're here anyway. So you don't need a, you don't need an entrance. Matt likes to make his presence just known. I'm just eye candy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, eye candy on the radio. There we go. And exactly. then and then um, I think what makes today really special is Taylor is still here and is going to review Black Widow. I'm not on holiday. I didn't take a break. I'm reviewing Black Widow. And you know what? All week I was saying to Dan, "Oh, we have to watch Black Panther." And he was like, do you mean Black Widow? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not the same, not the same film, but okay. Well, I, I have to say, Taylor, it's, it, this has been what I've been looking forward to is just having you talk about it and see what you think about the movie because I always like to hear you talk about Marvel um, because it's very funny to me. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll entertain me with that. Um, we do have a couple fan questions that we're going to get to. And just so people know, we are going to touch upon the TV shows a little bit. The, I know we talked about WandaVision giving its, its kind of its own episode before. We're going to kind of go into a little bit of detail on Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, but uh, we're going to mainly talk Black Widow because there's four of us here and we all are going to have opinions on it. So that will be the bulk of it. And then with the time left, we'll talk about the Disney Plus shows as well. Um, let's get to some fan questions. And um, we're going to just all answer all of these questions, um, except for the first one, because it's a very Taylor-specific question. So Taylor, <laughs> this question comes from Josh. And Josh says, can you please list the Marvel movies and shows that you've seen in your order of preference and also, he would like if ScarJo alone can be in there. So you've seen, how many Marvel things have you seen? Three? Uh, do you guys count Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. So. What, uh, you don't? <laughs> I don't know. They're, like, in, they're in the Avengers. It's a Marvel Cinematic thing. Matt, are you just causing problems or are you trying to be serious? <laughs> no, I'm stunned. You're stunned that we would count, <laughs> or that I would ask this question, count. or that I. <laughs> well, no, I'm not actually stunned that you would ask the question. I just, I'm, I'm stunned at the question itself. 
this is off the rails. We're all. I love you, place. Taylor. I love you. <laughs> I think we should all start by saying, no matter what happens, we all love Taylor. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yes. This is not personal. Good. What's about to happen? Already is not trying personal. my patience. Yeah. Um, so I have seen both Guardians of the Galaxy okay. movies, and they would be my favorite okay. of the ones I've seen. And then I would say that it goes Black Widow, Black Panther, Captain America. I can't. Wow. Really? (laughs) And also, I think Josh wanted you to rank Scarlett Johansson in there. Oh, and she's bottom, 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 all the way down. (laughs) So you would prefer Captain America over Scarlett Johansson is what you're saying? Yep. Okay. Because of Red Skull. Because of Red Skull alone, you you liked Red Skull. That yeah, I remember I liked I liked Red Skull, and I like uh, you know I love a good Cold War, Cold War espionage. So that's why Black Widow is at the top of the the list after Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. I, I had a Black Panther. Okay, well that's this is an interesting start. We have a lot to get into. Um, so this next question everybody can answer, and I'm really interested to to see what Andrew and Matt think about this. So there's a lot of different. Marvel properties that are now coming out as we enter new phases. Marvel likes to do things in phases. We're into a completely new phase. We've got television stuff. We've got uh, limited limited series. We've got lots of movies coming up. So Josh also wants to know what Marvel movie or show are you most looking forward to? Um, so uh, Matt, any thoughts from you? Do you have something that you're you are looking forward to? Um, what if? Okay. Yeah. What if looks good? I think that I, 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 it's not so much. I think it's like, I remember I could go on. I could tell you this awful story about how I got hosed in the eighties when I was a little kid and I lived in an apartment building full of teenage boys who knew everything about comics and I knew nothing and how they would trade, I would trade in like what ifs and like Avengers and defenders comics for like Porky pig and bugs bunny. And they took all my valuable comics, but I won't tell you that story today, but I do remember, Okay. <laughs> do you remember? I, I I did have copies of What If, and I thought they were really cool. And and if they're thirty minutes long, that about sums up my attention span these days. So perfect. So okay, thirty minutes sells you on that. Yeah, it does look good. The and the I think the fact that it'll be short, sort of cartoon things, little What If stuff, like that's that's pretty cool. I, I can I can agree with that. Um, Andrew, what about you? I think I would say uh, Eternals. Only because I like know nothing about it, and I'm really intrigued by the cast. Yeah, yeah, it's got a good cast. There's a lot of really good people in it. A lot yeah. of Game of Thrones people too. <laughs> yeah, like people I never thought I would see in a Marvel movie. So I think that's that's why I'm kind of like, oh, okay, let's check this out. I actually, when we saw Black Widow and uh, the trailer for it, that was the first thing I had ever seen of it. Oh, oh that trailer. Okay. Yeah. 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 It definitely definitely looks interesting. Like for me, um, I. <sighs> Like I'm, I'm kind of on on the fence a little bit about where Marvel is going. I'm gonna say that. Like I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. Um, but there's a couple of the solo movies and the new characters that are introducing that look good. Like Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I thought the trailer for that looked pretty good. Like I was uh, that got me kind of pumped again. Being like, okay, this is interesting. Like this this story is gonna be interesting. There's a lot of really good people in it. I'm always interested to see like up-and-coming actors like Aquafina be thrown into a Marvel movie and just kind of see what happens. Yeah. Um, so that, to me, like, that that film looks good. But what if I'm just fascinated by 
um, because I, I never read any of those comics. So I have no idea what to expect there. So that's interesting. Taylor, I assume there's nothing you're looking forward to. Um, Jared Leto's going to be like a vampire superhero. Is that Marvel or is that DC? I, Morbius? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know where to Andrew, you're because... right. What is that? Is that a Marvel movie? It, it is Marvel, yeah. Oh, so I would say that is what I'm most looking forward to. Because it's a vampire. Right? He plays a vampire. Yeah, yeah he, he does. Yeah, he does. Mike, I bet you didn't think I would have an answer. Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting Jared Leto Morbius either. So I, I actually it. forgot about that movie, to be honest. Is it? Uh, has it been shelved because of COVID? Yeah, I, I think so. Has it? I thought I thought they were going to still do it. Maybe it hasn't filmed or anything yet, but I thought it was still happening. I haven't heard anything about it since... Mm, maybe it's gone. They pushed everything, so it's yeah, I don't planned. know. I, I, I could be wrong, but it's happened before. Um, okay, so we're going to um, we're gonna get into Black Widow next. And how I think we're going to do this is just to, to, just to give some initial thoughts. I just kind of want to go around and hear from everybody about what they thought about Black Widow. Very, like... Uh, initial perspectives and then we'll get into some details um taylor you're gonna go last um, okay because we know that's what everyone wants like they're all here for taylor's <laughs> build the so tension say, build some tension um so let's start with andrew this time um andrew just give you know one minute or so just give your brief film fan review of, of black widow what did you think of it uh I, I really liked it. Um, it was uh, it was really great action, just some great uh, you know comedy quips in there. Um, the only thing I felt that that this movie was like five or six years too late. Um, I think, like I under, I understand everything that happened and everything, but like it just especially with the way that uh, Endgame happened, you know, spoiler alert: Black Widow dies. Um, it just was a weird spot to put this movie. Um, but, uh, I did enjoy it. It was a good time. I laughed. Uh, I didn't cry, but, uh, I jumped for joy during the action sequences and, but yeah, that, that's, that's really it for me. If, if your spoiler alert for, for the end of Endgame actually spoiled anyone, I'd be saying, why are you even listening to this podcast? Like, why would you even care about this episode? That shouldn't have spoiled you. You shouldn't be worried about it, people. You should have already seen all this. So yeah, this is like, we're going to talk some spoilers um, because all these Marvel movies are several years old now. <laughs> so people get over it. Okay, that's good, Andrew. Thanks. Um, okay, Matt, what do you think? First initial thoughts. Uh, okay, well, I um, I loved this movie. Like, I loved it. And I, I loved it so much. I've watched it about four times now. Yeah. And I loved it right from the beginning. I loved the casting. I loved the score. Uh, I also liked the soundtrack. I loved that uh, that sort of chilling rendition of um, is it was it smells like Teen Spirit uh, over the credit sequence. Um, yes, the Nirvana song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved. I absolutely loved the rapport between the sisters, but also when the when the whole family gets together. Um, I just thought it was um, really su- sweet and unique without being saccharine. Um, it, it, sort of the Marvel, the Marvel humor was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the action sequences weren't, didn't feel like video games, which is how I usually feel about 
the Marvel movies. I feel like I'm playing, I'm watching a video, someone playing a video game. Um, there was just a lot of heart in this movie, and I think that's what really carried it through. Yeah. Okay. And and I'll give my quick response because I, I agree with one thing. I think the the heart of the movie is something I really liked. I liked the scenes that were actually done by the director um, Kate Shortland, who I believe is is the director of this movie. I liked all the moments between the family, the dynamic between the sisters, the the overall kind of story and kind of espionage aspect that, that Taylor mentioned. I liked all that. I really, really enjoyed the characterization and, and those quiet moments, the sitting around the dinner table, the two two characters talking. Like, especially there, there was a scene that still sticks in my head, Florence Pugh and um, and David Harbour sitting in the room just before those those people showed up and just talking and like kind of learning a little bit about what she thought and kind of how she felt about being kind of this family meant everything to her and and all those things I loved. I don't agree with anything about the action sequences. I think this was some of the worst action sequences in a Marvel movie ever. It reminded me of 90s schlock action. There were five or six times I counted where someone was running and there was an explosion behind them. I thought it was really poorly done and it looked extremely amateurish. So that was what turned me off from the movie a little bit. But everything that the actual director did, I loved. And I thought this movie was excellent in those ways and then just completely schlocky and terrible in the other ways. So I'm kind of in the middle here. It sounds like Matt loved the movie. Andrew liked it. I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, Taylor, what do you think? Our Mar- <laughs> Matt's already going to get so mad at me. I, I thought I, it felt corny to me and maybe that's like a, what Marvel is like. But I don't know. I felt it was a little cheesy, a little bit corny, which isn't always my tastes. I also, um, I rent, I rented it on Disney Plus, and I get it was in HD. And fans of the show know I don't care for HD. Um, I, I like I don't know how to describe it. It's like almost like overproduced to me, like visually. I guess I don't know if that's like cinematography or or what but so i didn't really like how the movie looked um but these are like personal preferences this is why this is like why i don't watch marvel right (laughs) so um and i fans know um i don't like cgi and i much prefer practical effects and i don't know if it's because i was watching it on hd on my tv but the uh, special effects looked so phony and i don't know if that was your experience guys in theaters but like the explosions looked horrible it was 100 <laughs> my experience i don't think we're all going to agree on it but yes that was my experience and it really way. took me out of, i mean i know suspension of disbelief but at the same time i was thinking i was thinking it's my understanding they spend like millions, if not billions, on these movies, and they couldn't have gotten better CGI for the explosions. That's that's what I kept thinking while watching the movie. And of course, you know, everyone's been waiting for me to talk about ScarJo. Didn't like ScarJo. No, like no surprise <laughs> I don't think, there. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there was anything ScarJo could do though. <laughs> no, that's not ScarJo's fault. You just you're not gonna like ScarJo. I didn't like the Russian. I I guess. I have a lot of questions about the use of Russian accents 
throughout the film. I don't know um, if you cast all of them, but okay. <laughs> but uh, what did I you like... think of the other actors though, like Florence Pugh, oh, David Harbour? The, I think the supporting cast was really great. I didn't like the child actors. I'm very, um, I'm very hard on child actors and um i thought they gave like not great performances but the the rest of the cast i think was good yeah like they had good like what matt was saying like the family dynamics like i did i believed that that was great and rachel vice i think plays the mom right she's wonderful and whatever she's in like doesn't matter i really like david harbour harbour um uh i thought he was great Use one of the his humor, like Matt mentioned, um, that was good. But it's these just aren't movies that I would watch. <laughs> you know, like they're not they're not made for me, and that's okay. And I'll okay. leave it at that. That's okay, my little so, overview review. <laughs> there's a couple things that I want us all to talk about, and and the first thing because because Taylor, you brought it up, and I brought it up, and everyone's kind of brought it up. I do want to talk about the action sequences because Matt, you love them. You said you really liked them. So can you tell us a little bit more about like what you kind of enjoyed about them? Um, well, I mean, I, I, like I said, so so usually when I watch, so so in case um, the, uh, your listeners, it's the first time you've encountered me on the show, um, I'm old. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm pushing 50. I'm pushing 50. So, so I grew up in the age of like, I saw Star Wars uh, episode four at the drive-in as a child. So, like, I've been around, I've seen a lot of movies, um, and I'm all for practical effects when possible. Right. Yeah. Um, CGI just throws me off. Um, everything that basically that Mike and T- Taylor addressed um, is what really turns me off a movie. And I didn't notice that in this at all. Hmm. I think I think that you probably are right. Maybe they were cheesy and not very well done or could have been better. But I think I was so invested in the characters that I didn't care. Yeah. Um, like, like when I watched it for the third time, I, I the whole um, when the red room is is plummeting to earth, and so is everybody else, and they're fighting on the way down. I, I it was only then that I was like, this is ridiculous. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, ridiculous. <laughs> but it wasn't until then, like I was all like, yeah, get them. Like I was really <laughs> into it. Um, and I didn't want anything bad to happen to Florence Pugh. I really, really love Florence Pugh. I know. She's wonderful. Um, but the best, I thought the best action sequence out of all of them was the sneak attack on the bridge yes. near the very beginning. Yeah. That scared the crap out of me. Um, me and it was very, very intense. And I loved this character. Um, and I know that uh, I've read, sorry, what's the name of the character? The robot uh, lady? Which yeah. one? The bad, oh. the tracker thing. Oh, um, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, ah, because they, the one who can basically see something and then they, it mirrors. I, I don't know. Yeah. First, I got the name of the man, but it's actually the daughter of the bad guy, robot, half person, which I loved, but yeah, uh, Taskmaster. They they changed the character Taskmaster for the movie. Um, and I know that that disappointed fanboys. That oh, I, I love that change. I thought and that I added thought that a lot was of really state. Cool. I yeah, that, that was a really, really. <laughs> What's the change? Villain. What was it supposed to be? Not a, not a, first of all, not female. Okay. Um, not the daughter of this. Not, and not the daughter of the of the disgusting man, who reminded me of uh, Weinstein. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's done on, but that was done on purpose, obviously. Oh, 
Yo, one hundred percent. Like that was one. Like he one hundred percent was a Weinstein type, at least like a, a sleazy executive kind of. In the right. same way that in Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, the one dude is definitely Donald Trump. Like it's right. just, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, maybe maybe it's not like explicitly said, but it's it. I think it's pretty obvious that they were trying to make him like a Weinstein thing, which I thought worked. Like that guy was the uh, in terms of Marvel villains, like he was creepy, he was disgusting, he was all the things that he needed to be. And I love that dynamic that his daughter was Taskmaster. I thought that was yeah. a great change. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I agree with something you said there, Matt, about the bridge. I thought the bridge sequence was a fantastic action sequence. It, it jumped out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. I did just feel it went down from there where the explosions looked very fake. The action sequences reminded me of like, if this was in the 90s, we'd be saying, wow, this was a really good movie in the 90s because it, that's what it reminded me of. Now, Andrew, you you were so so on some of the action sequences. Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a, a three for three and say that the bridge scene was probably my favorite um, as well. Um, and then I'm going to be honest, I... I think I was just enthralled with being in the theater again because this was my yeah. first movie back. <laughs> That's fair. You would have taken because anything? At the time, I was like, yeah, this is the best thing ever. And then afterwards, talking with Mike going over it, he mentioned it, and I kind of replayed it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there was some pretty cheesy stuff there. I broke the glass. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm, I'm glad you did because then, you know, when I go back and watch it the second time, I won't be like, what, what was I on? <laughs> because yeah no it, it's definitely from that scene the action definitely gets very um amateurish um and i i really think and i i'm just guessing here that it might have something to do with them not really wanting to do this movie it took forever for them to get this movie launched so which is dumb but the b squad on or what but it, I, yeah it definitely and was, like i mean andrew you brought it up this movie was just late this movie should have come out after captain america civil war it would have fit perfectly. It would have, you wouldn't have had to have really changed much about it. I just, the one thing I wanted more, because there was so much heart in this movie and they were doing such a good job of churning the focus to Florence Pugh because they need to, because we're going to, you know, we're going to see more of her. But I just didn't feel too many stakes because I knew the fate of Black Widow. So I just didn't. I didn't feel the weight of where was the, this supposed characters. to take place in the storyline. So this is after Captain America: Civil War and before the final two big Avenger movies. So Endgame and Avengers, like the, the the big sort of finale movies, it was supposed to take place sort of in and around there. So twenty what twenty fourteen twenty fifteen time frame. And it was just like production delays. No, they um. They, they actually had net, they, uh, for years, ever since the first Avengers movie came out, they were like, yeah, Black Widow, solo movie, solo movie. They just never did it. And then they wrote this later and then produced it after all the movies, which what we're saying is it should have just been produced early. And we don't know 100% why, or I mean, we couldn't know why, but it's just, it is strange why they decided to set the movie back, but then put it out now. Like it was a little weird in, in that sense, so. I mean, you could just watch it in chronological... Like, so a lot of people do that. They just watch movies, these Marvel movies, in the actual chronological order as opposed to the order they come out in. And that's kind of a cool way to do it. But Yeah, it's not the first time they did it. They did that with, uh, with Captain Marvel as well. But it just suited the story. Like, it was supposed to happen back then. Like, this yeah. just didn't make sense to just... They could have just made the movie earlier. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. What so, I really sorry, go ahead, Matt. Do they? So what happens? Do they watch Captain America and then sixty years later they watch uh, Iron Man? <laughs> no, no. They, I think they do it in their own real time, but oh, they'll <laughs> no, they don't. That would be that would That's be how wild. Taylor watches the Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I meant chronological for for the movie order, not, not, not in the person's. Re- yeah, yeah, not their real life. No, they don't wait. It's getting better time to watch that movie again. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be a ridiculous thing. It would be. It sounds like something I would do. <laughs> if I had nothing else going on in my life for 60 years. Um, yeah, so Taylor, anything else from this movie that you can gleam? I like to get anything good out of you that you did like in the movie. I know you mentioned a little bit about the characters that they make. Is there anything else? Like, you, you like Florence Pugh? Did, did, did she at least bring something? Was the movie watchable for you? Yeah, I think. Good elements? I think she was the best part of the movie. I certainly would watch like a solo movie um, about her. I think the problem for me is that, you know, there's always elements of the movie of these movies that I find interesting or that I like. And I wish like, oh, I wish it was just that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have to watch 30 movies to be able to place what's happening (laughs) in the current movie I'm watching. Um, and so, you know, like I had mentioned initially, I, you know, I studied the Cold War. Um, it's, I, I find it fascinating watching it on, on screen, especially, you know, espionage. And so I liked, I liked all that story. Um, I just didn't need all that extra Avengers stuff. Like, you know, I, I know for fans, they, those Easter eggs are like, easter eggs right like oh they mentioned that i'm like i don't i don't care i don't i don't care i don't need to go back and watch those other movies so that's why it's hard for me to watch the marvel movies you know what i mean like i'm not invested in this like epic decade-long story um i just wish that i could watch like a standalone movie and enjoy it for what it is same with like i don't need to watch batman versus superman you know what i mean like i like batman i don't like superman i don't need them crossing over into the same movie franchise Well, with the way that movie so, was done no one needs to watch it i mean it's not it's not good. better off not watching it. i like florence I liked Florence's braids. I thought everyone had very nice hairdos in the movie. And when I was done the movie, I immediately YouTubed hair tutorials for Florence's (laughs) hairdo. Um, So I thought that was good. Um, Yeah. What about that vest? I don't know. Like, what is there? (laughs) The vest? It was cute. You know, it worked. (laughs) That was something. Yeah functional i will say you know costume design it was uh i know sometimes there's controversy when um they you know the fanboys get mad if the the women's costumes are less revealing but it was nice to see more or less functional wear for the women right like it wasn't an over sexualized costume but i don't think black widow is ever too too sexy in her in the movies right like She's essentially wearing what she always wears. Depends on the director. And do they sometimes sex up ScarJo? Yeah, and I mean it. It's 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 inconsistent. 
Um, but for the most part, I would say what you said is correct. For, like she, they were wearing black jumpsuits. If I was an assassin, yeah. yeah. Although when they're at the beginning of the movie, when they're getting the vials, I was thinking, no, you wouldn't be wearing black jumpsuits. You'd be wearing civilian clothes. Otherwise, it's so obvious that you're, you know what Did I'm trying to say? not have time by that point? I thought they were like, by that point, they were like, they just got to go and they don't really have time for wardrobe changes. I feel like if I was a paid assassin, I wouldn't be wearing <laughs> yeah. a special suit. It's too obvious. <laughs> yeah, like you would, fair. you would wear civilian clothes to blend in on the street. But what do yeah. I know? I mean, they're also the thing is, is they're not they're they're widows too. So they're they're black widows, is as they're or, they're, or just widows, is, as they're kind of called. So they don't so care if people. Yeah, and they do, they have enough training them. that it doesn't matter. Recognize me, and then then they murder them. You know, that's like, what they're trained to do. I feel like if Taylor was a, a, a was actually a, a paid assassin, I think she'd only go after child actors. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. and Scarlett Johansson. I don't need people thinking I'm a, a child murderer on this show. Oh, child actors. <laughs> child actors aren't real children. <laughs> they're all little mini. They're all little mini sociopaths. They are. And Mike, yes. you, Mike, you should know this by now, right? What? You ran Blue Canoe for years. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> you know the truth about child actors. Yes. I had a question. Can I ask a question to the group? Again. Of course. Budapest or Budapest? Oh, that, see, that was a, I, I went, ScarJo. Well, mm. Yeah, I, I thought it was just Budapest, but. No, ScarJo's actually pronouncing it correctly. Is she? Okay. Pest? Yes. Pest? Okay. But, I thought it was best too, but I, I, I guess I'm Okay, wrong. wait, do you say Milan or Milano? Milano. No, oh, so you say Milano, but Budapest, okay. Well, I it's say... just because it's only based upon how I've heard it. Right, how people have like said it, right? So that's right. that's the only way it go off. Here's here's the thing. I think if you're native to that area or you know that part of the world, you would you know that's you would probably pronounce it Budapest or however right. you know like that. I think is like what we would say is the accurate pronunciation pronunciation, but um, it's annoying when people do that you know what i mean yeah i think it's pretentious i like i wouldn't i wouldn't pronounce it that way even though it's like quote unquote the right way to do it i would say budapest because i'm not from there and i'm an i am an ignorant canadian (laughs) (laughs) but matt i'm with you it's pretentious it's like when someone goes to like um i don't know i'm trying to think of like cuba and they're like cuba it's like you're not you don't speak spanish like where they go <laughs> to cuba people just like go there for a vacation yeah they go there once correctly. and they're like yeah. actually it's cuba or like oh, milan is a good one too i hate i hate that but we uh mike and i get in trouble because we pronounce everything wrong anyways so you get in trouble what are you talking about <laughs> I, it's like i have a golden ticket on this show no one gets me in trouble or anything I'm the foil. I'm the I'm the villain, so that you can be the hero, Mike. <laughs> it's true, very true. Um, even though I think, like especially recently, I've been running my mouth off more than you have, so <laughs> no one gets me in trouble. Um, but yeah, I think I think Taylor, you're in the end. I think it comes down to you're just this movie is clearly not for you, which I think we all know. 
Um, what That's I why I don't curious. understand why our fans are like, Taylor, you have to watch Marvel. And I'm because like, you guys know. You guys know what I'm going to say. Thought yes. it was an okay movie, but it's not for me. And I didn't but enjoy people, it. Taylor, our fans, a lot of them love Marvel. And I know, they, they I know. clearly love you. And they want the things to go together. They like want it to converge. They, when fans make these suggestions, and yeah, they, they, they make a lot of suggestions for you when, they, when you, they find out, oh, Taylor doesn't like this. But I think it's because they want you to like the things that they like, right? Like, like they want to connect with you in that way. But they also, like a lot of our fans, right, and say, we think you would like this. Like it's a little different than just a yeah. Marvel thing. So I was just curious because of the espionage side of it, because Black Widow to me was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of reminiscent of, um, what was the, the, uh, the other Captain America movie that was kind of similar, Winter, Winter Soldier? Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier. Winter yeah, Soldier. yeah. Like I thought, I thought that they were reminiscent of. You these know what two I would have liked? Espionage films. You know what? How I if I I would have liked this movie better if it was actually set in like the 1980s, not like modern times. You know, because like these like when they project Soviet geopolitics onto like 2014. You know, like, I don't need that. Set this movie in 1984 and use the gadgets that would have been in 1984. Like, I would have, this movie would have been a Taylor movie if it was Black Widow, but filmed as if it was the man from Uncle. Actually, so Taylor, have you ever seen um, the, the the Winter Soldier movie? Captain no. America, which, I, think, I think you might like that one as well because it was filmed like a 70s yeah. Cold War um, political thriller. Then, even, yeah, even I would like that. Robert Redford in a in a small role, sort of a yes. tip of the hat. But it feels like you're watching a '70s movie, even though it's still set in present day. It, it very much feels like an old school Hollywood political thriller. Matt, you're the first person to make a good case for why I would like a Marvel movie. <laughs> so, Ooh, shots Taylor. fired to all our fans who've written in about Marvel. Mostly, they just say Taylor, you would like this, but they don't say why. And then I watch it, and I thought, no, I didn't like that. Yeah, I, that brings up a good. I, I, that probably Captain America and the Winter Soldier is probably a movie that you would actually like. Okay, that way. Yeah. maybe even, I'll try even that. Even down way. to like a really like a, they managed to do an old fashioned car chase scene um, with a few little modern tweaks. But otherwise, it feels like it. You could have just. It, it could be a John Frankenheimer film, and that movie has a lot of practical effects in it. It is yep. not overly CGI. And mm-hmm. like, there's the one big sequence near the end, but the other action sequences are pretty practical. Yeah. So you get a lot of that. Uh, now available on Disney Plus. <laughs> Go check out Captain America. And the I don't think Disney needs plugs, Mike. No, 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 unless they were sponsoring. We, yeah, we need rich sponsors, though. They don't need us. We need them. We need, yeah. um, so before we, we move on, we got to do the screening in Kingston tradition of rating these films. So give us your last thoughts, everyone, on Black Widow and give us the rating just to remind our guests a see it, top rating, stream it, uh, airplane it, or skip it. So uh, let's start with you, Matt. Give us some last thoughts on Black Widow and give us your rating. Um, I think it's the perfect Marvel movie to watch with family. Um, and um, I would definitely stream it. Or wait, what, is there one above stream it? See, see it. it. Oh, right. So yeah. Oh, see it. There you go. <laughs> Matt gives it. Yes. Andrew. <laughs> um. 
yeah, I, I, I liked it. It was, uh, I liked the comedy. I'm, I'm a big comedy guy. Um, if you can look past the bad effects, it's a decent 90s action movie, as Mike said. Um, so yeah, I, I would do a stream it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna also give it a stream it, but I do agree that it's good for the family. Like it's a good family movie to sit down and watch together. It's it's I think the moments that the director actually did were fantastic, and then the CGI and the other stuff just kind of bumped it down a little bit for me. So I'm giving it a stream it as well because I do think this is a movie that you can watch at home and stream it. You don't have to run it to the theaters to see it. So stream it. Uh, Taylor, give us your final thoughts on Black Widow and give us a rating. I think it's an airplane it. Okay. (laughs) I think like, like Matt said, you know, Matt had said, oh, it's like a family movie. I think it is kind of like, it's accessible. You know what I mean? Like it's not, um, it's not. Yeah. It, even though there were still things that I had to like ask Dan about in terms of like the Avengers stuff. Um, you don't need to see the other movies to know what's happening. And, you know, it's pleasant enough that you can kill two hours on an airplane. And, yeah. So that's my... Whenever, whenever you don't give a Marvel a skip it, we've won something today. So <laughs> airplane, it's great. That means we're all saying watch the movie. Go watch Black Widow. Just, you know, in, in these various different ways. So Quick, that. quick, quick question. Go ahead. <clears throat> Does anyone know what was originally shot for the end credits sequence? Because... We know that this movie is supposed to come out before all the TV shows. Yeah. And so in which case we wouldn't, unless I'm wrong and I missed something, we wouldn't have been introduced to Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character. Valentina. Valentina. Yeah. Until, unless, right, because isn't she first introduced in... in um, Falcon and the Winter uh, Soldier. Right. You're right. You're right. So people would be like, why is, why, why is, why is Florence Pugh meeting up with um with Seinfeld lady. Elaine. <laughs> Elaine, so, yeah. Why is what's Elaine doing there? <laughs> and why does she have so, purple hair? <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna know something that is really frustrating but but COVID actually fixed? That was the original end sequence. That was how we were supposed to be introduced to her. Oh. As just who is this and why is this important? And then we meet her more in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm actually really glad they introduced who she was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier and we got some background before this. Like, I agree with you, Matt. I think it would have been super weird had we not seen something. But and apparently I, this was what was supposed to happen. Go ahead, Taylor. Not knowing Marvel, I thought she must have already been, like, a character. Yeah. Because, like, she's a big actress. You know what I mean? So I thought, oh, this must have to do with some other plot line. But she, unless you've seen the TV show, she is a new character. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Matt's right. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the first time we were introduced to her, and we learn a little bit about who she is. She has something to do with she's now going to team up with Discount Captain America. Um, but yeah, the, she's, she's got about like ten minutes of a screen time total, I think, or something like that. Yeah, but it had, but that's the only context we had. And had we not had that, then I think it would have been even more confusing. Because at least for this one, I went, oh. Oh, okay, she's she's starting to plant seeds with a bunch of people. I have a sense of who she is. Yeah, she a good guy or a bad guy? Because well, spoiler, she's dubious. gonna kill Hawkeye. She's devious, yeah. Like I think, I don't know. I think they're they're le- trying to leave it open, but 
seems pretty evil to me. Mercenary? <clears throat> Maybe. Like, depending I know on the she's context. she's got a lot of money. She's got a lot uh, of money. Unethical. She's very powerful. And she's kind of grabbing these random people to make sort of her own little team to go after certain people. I don't know what her issue with Hawkeye is, though. Right? Am I missing something? Like, we don't know anything about what her problem is with him. Right? He let her go. Is that it? Yeah. That's yeah. really the only, that's the only problem? I, that's the only one I could see. Like, Why would you want to kill someone who saved your life? What am I missing? No, no. He, he... I, I think that the, the narrative that she's trying to put in, in Florence Pugh's character's mind is that Hawkeye is responsible. killed yeah. Black Widow. But that's not true? No. No, she killed herself. He was she holding on to her. He must, he, when he went on his like little psychopath uh, before the whole events of Endgame, he must, he must have did something to her business or something. Like killed an important person or something. Is there yeah. a Hawkeye movie? Or there's a Hawkeye TV show, right? Yeah, there's going to be a TV show. Yeah. Well, I think that'll explain how he pissed off Valentina. Yeah. Yeah, so Taylor, what you kind of missed was, in terms of like the egging on Florence Pugh at the end, how Black Widow dies is that she sacrifices herself to get the soul stone. Um, but but Hawkeye's holding on to her, trying to... like She's like jumping over a cliff, basically. And he's holding on to her, and she basically lets go and, and falls. So she's Valentina's prob clearly trying to to egg Florence Pugh to go after Hawkeye saying, oh, you know, it's his fault that, that she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess the TV show Hawkeye is now going to wrap this up. But yeah, I, I can see what you're saying, Taylor, in terms of if you're not 100% committed to this, that's a lot to invest. Like you got to watch another TV show to find out what's yeah, no, going thank on. You. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, do you know that cliff is now in my my mind? It's known as the Beck the, the Bechdel cliff because <clears throat> so that Marvel doesn't have to have two women talk to each other about you know anything except men. They just kill their sole female character on that cliff <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> because, because that very cliff has killed both Black Widow and Gamora. But Gamora is not going anywhere because <clears throat> Gamora from from Guardians whatever of the years back is yeah she she'll be back. I mean, she technically is dead. She is, yes. Gamora is technically dead. But But isn't this the thing about comic books? It's like it's like Buffy, right? When you're dealing with like the supernatural. No one's really dead. It's like Buffy. I mean Tony's (laughs) Tony's pretty dead. Yeah, Tony's pretty dead. And I'm and I think Black Widow's pretty dead too. Tony 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 died the way Buffy's mom died of natural causes. Okay. Okay. And, okay. and when I say Gamora's coming back, like the Gamora we know, like the Gamora you saw, Taylor, in Guardians of the Galaxy, she's dead. But in the last Avengers movie, they did a time thing. And I think the Gamora from whatever years, like 2012, is around now. So she is back, but as a different kind of person. Different timeline? Different timeline, Gamora, is around. Um, which, again, leads to the whole multi-universe of madness stuff that's going to happen, which is, it gets me very Which excited. is Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yeah. yeah. See? I kind of know. Yeah. No, you do. You're, I can, you're picking up. I can connect the dots. <laughs> yes, yeah. You could carry on a conversation about Marvel for 42 minutes if you had to. So, and what a yeah, nightmare that would be for Taylor. Yes. <laughs> it's um, happening right now. <laughs> it's my walking nightmare. <laughs> this is my nightmare. Well, we're about to get into more of Taylor's nightmare because I just want to spend a few minutes just quickly recapping 
the other two Marvel shows before we get to the end. And then we kind of have a, an ending off thing to do a little fan question thing to, to end the show on. Um, so I do want to just get bri- briefly talk about Loki and talk about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and again, we'll just give whoever's seen those things can give our brief thoughts. And then Taylor, maybe at the end, you can tell us if you think these shows sound like something you would watch. Um, so let's talk Falcon and the Winter Soldier first. Um, that had a, I think it was a six episode run um, that came out after uh, WandaVision. Um, start with uh, start with you, Andrew. Any thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I th- I thought uh, I thought it was really good, and it was uh, different from uh, WandaVision in the sense that this one really did feel like a limited series. It felt like hey, just a really long movie, right? Um, which was which was great. Um, I found that the the action held up, you know, like it was probably just as good as a is a movie if they did it for for Falcon would be. Um, yeah, I've, I the only thing I think you've um, might have touched on this before with me was um, the uh, um, relationship between Falcon and the Winter Soldier and how it's kind of forced a little bit, yeah, especially I in think the early episodes. Forced, yeah, because um, they kind of jump right into being like buddy buddy bickering like episode two or something like that when there's obviously a lot more um animosity between them yeah the 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 sort of strange counseling scene i thought was was not earned i thought that wasn't an earned moment i liked the scene but i just feel it was too early yeah i i agree um but yeah overall yeah I, i thought it was really good um i liked how it was it was uh different from the first uh series uh wandavision um but uh you know, still kept the story going and let us know what's kind of happening in between the movies. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did some. It needed to do some work to to get us to a certain point. Yeah, um, and that it was clearly its focus. It's like we got to make Sam Captain America and kind of go through that. And I like um, that, that. I like that review reveal actually as well. It was oh, like his well, like costume and stuff. Yeah, it was well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Matt, that. did you watch it? I did. I thought it was like the type of show that I like, I don't have a great relationship with my dad, but I feel like I could watch this show with my dad. Mm. It's the perfect like dad show. Um, I keep calling it the Falcon and the Snowman because I think there was an old TV show like called the Falcon and the Snowman. <laughs> there was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it throws me up. But like, um, I liked the villain. I liked it, that she was an ambiguously evil little girl and her and her crew were fighting for something actually beneficial um and it was sort of anti-capitalist um so it was kind of interesting i liked the the anti-hero captain america um i found that the um the dynamic between the the two leads was a little grating you know like the the love-hate relationship um I, i mean i feel like this stage in the game like they were all sort of family and to have this sort of bickering resentment was a little bit tiresome um and i also did not for one second believe that the care i can't remember her name but actually the the character from um captain america winter soldier oh yeah emily van camp's character yeah yeah um uh, i didn't believe her her twist at all yeah no that was weird yeah. that was very strange yeah kind of unneeded in my opinion like, yeah, we got a, we got enough bad guys. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of my my overall thought too. Is like I was I was interested enough in what was going on with the kind of like 
super soldier rebellion group and and i liked the dynamic like my favorite parts of the series was discount captain america sam um and bucky having to kind of fight and argue and like him just trying to like be around and be a part of this and like him going too far and clearly being a, a complete like like he added humor and then he added drama and it became like it kind of became a, a, a real thing. What I don't like is that they just kind of forgot about it. Like what happens in, I think, episode three, where he like brutally beats and murders someone should have been, I think, a bigger deal than it was. I felt like the show tried to do too much. Three three different villains, a big twist, all this stuff happening. It's like, to me, this is you're squeezing three, what would have been two maybe series into one. And it to me, it just muddies the water. What's the I game? I want to focus on one thing. What's the game plan with these miniseries? Like, are they supposed to be TV shows in the sense that they're going to keep getting re- renewed? Or are they really, are they what Andrew said, like miniseries to fill in the gaps between movies? Like, what yeah, are- so, both, both. So WandaVision's done. It, it had one season. It's not doing another. The whole point was they want, they needed longer than one movie to tell the story they wanted to tell. So that's why, how WandaVision happened. Loki has been renewed for a second season. Um, and this one, I believe, is going to get a second season, but it's going to be called Captain America and the Winter Soldier because Falcon has become Captain America. So I think that they... But they are here to bridge that gap. They're here to give more information. They're here to bridge a gap and to set things up for the movies. That's their purpose. The real purpose, Taylor, is to make money for Well, Disney that's <laughs> obviously... My cynical brain is thinking, well, if it's a cash cow, these are never going to end. How dumb. No, no, they, of course they won't. No, they'll no, never, never end. I, I am a, a huge fan of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm a, I'm more of a fan of, of the DC comic books, but all the DC movies are garbage. So Marvel is kind of the thing that when it comes to movies, I, I love their movies. But I'll admit, there's a lot of money for them to make in this. So that's where a lot of the decisions come. They, they try and have, to me, they've done a great job of making all the movies connect and making the universe good, I think it's the best cinematic, the one one of the only cinematic universes that exist. And, but these these to me these TV shows are starting to show a little bit of of a, a not a great return because I again I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I I was kind of meh about it. Like I th- I thought Wonder Vision was excellent. Falcon and the Winter Soldier I thought was good and okay. And then Loki I, I have a lot of problems with, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about Loki. Um, but anyway. That those are kind of our Falcon Winter Soldier thoughts. So Taylor, I assume you would not watch the, this series. No, like I have no. Free- <laughs> I know that Tumblr wrote a lot of fan fiction about Bucky and Falcon, and that's that's it. That's all I know. Well, I, I will say again, what I didn't like was that they're forcing the bickering, where they're basing it off of two scenes that got laughs in in Civil War. There were two little moments that got laughs between the two. But after everything they've been through, I 100% agree with Matt. I don't think this bickering would be here. I think that Bucky and Sam have a certain respect for each other. And they just tried to force the two of them to be kind of buddy cop. When I think it, I think there's more of a connection between them now. So it, it was a little weird. We don't have a lot of time left. So I do want to talk about Loki. Um, uh, Matt, let's just let's start with you. Because you, you told us before we started, you lost interest in Loki. So where, where, did, you, where did you lose? Did you, how much did you lose? Wow, really? Yeah, you were just gone. I, I just feel like oh, well, it's also because I watch a lot of like I watch Doctor Who. I like I like time travel shows, but I'm also kind of burnt out with time travel shows, and um, I just yeah, it just wasn't grabbing me. 
Andrew, what what are your thoughts on Loki? Um, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I just I think what I liked more about it was it was opening the possibilities to more uh, multiverse sort of scenarios. Um, so sort of like you know the whole what if thing could actually be something. Um, so yeah, I guess that was my sort of feel on it. But I, I did enjoy. It. I like I like the Loki character. I like the comedy. I didn't mind the chemistry that between him and female Loki. Yeah, like I thought. This is the thing. I had such an up and down relationship with this series where I have to say I felt a lot of what Matt felt, but I also felt a lot of what Andrew felt where one episode would happen. I'd be like, okay, this is cool. Next episode, I'm like, this is getting tiresome and I'm a little like weary about this. And then the next episode would happen and would kind of bring me back. Um, I just felt that it, it kind of had a meh ending to it. And it was all exactly what you're saying, Andrew. It was all to set up possibilities. So it kind of made me actually go perk up a bit when I heard there was going to be a second season. Because I went, okay, maybe you're setting all this up to do something really interesting next. But I just, I didn't like the ending. I didn't really like where it was going. Like, I thought, like, if it wasn't for Owen Wilson, who just stole the show, I don't know if I would have been as as interested in coming back to it. Like, it was just... Yeah, he know, was really good in it. Yeah, he was, yeah. It was just, it was so all over the place. Um, okay, anyway, that that's Loki. We have a, a, a special fan, sort of a question scenario thing for Taylor that I want to end the show on, but everybody can kind of give give their opinion on this. So one of our fans wrote in, and this this comes from Austin. So Taylor, are you ready for this? Um, it's going to be good because it's from Austin. Well, it's not a game. He said he didn't have time for a game, but he has a little, he has a little, um, uh, not it's almost like a challenge for you and, okay. and sort of a dream up scenario. Okay. He, he, Austin says, Taylor, I want you to use your, your directing and film producing brain, which we all know <laughs> you have. Is there a scenario that you could create for yourself if Taylor was put in charge of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Would there be anywhere you could take characters that you like? stories that you like and do something with it where you would actually be proud of the work. I think similar to what Matt and I briefly were talking about, um, you know, how Matt thinks that I would like the winter soldier movie. Cause it's more like a 1970s, like cold war espionage film. I think if I was allowed to take characters that I liked and do like a very highly stylized like period movie like even if you let me do like a red skull movie set in like nazi germany or like pre Mm -hmm. like interwar period germany so we're talking like 1920s i think i could have a lot of fun but i would have to have complete creative control right, right. that would be the big thing because you already mentioned man from uncle like a man yeah. from uncle style film you you would be on board for even with some of these characters if they were the ones that you like liked. i cannot wait one of my most anticipated movies and so i really hope that it doesn't suck but i cannot wait for um oh gosh uh a, a kingsman the the prequel to the Kingsman movies set during world right. war one and they have like Rasputin and stuff. Um, so like, if you let me make a movie through like a hi- in a specific historical period, but let me be true to the conventions of that film genre um, and like really 
pour so much uh, so much attention into production design and costuming, um, I think I would have a lot of fun. So, and and you're thinking like it's got to you know your your characters are Red Skull. That's who you like. Florence Pugh's character, like the the those are more the types. Yeah, it makes sense with what you're saying. But that's who you're drawn to. In, in Marvel, yeah, so. I hate I hate Captain America. I don't find him interesting <laughs> remotely. And watch, I, watch know I know he's Soldier. your watch favorite. I know he's your favorite. Watch Captain America and the Winter Soldier because that um, might change your opinion on. The and to be quite frank, you know, I grew up with DC. I grew up with Batman, so I don't know a lot of the Marvel superheroes. But I definitely liked Florence Pugh's character. And I thought Red Skull was fascinating. I'd watch a Red Skull movie. Yeah, Red Skull didn't get uh, didn't get his due. I don't think in, in that first movie. So, um, okay, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I to me that sounds right up your alley about what you'd want. Um, now, here here's the question, and to the Marvel <laughs> fans, because it's the second part of it. The second oh, part God. of it is based on what Taylor just said for for our guests Andrew and Matt. How would you both feel about this movie? So very quickly, Andrew, like, give me give me a one minute answer with what Taylor's describing. Are you, are you buying a ticket? Yeah, I'd watch that. Um, I'm very much into Cold War movies and espionage movies as well. So I would totally watch that. Uh, Matt, are you buying a ticket? Um, sure, why not? <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> just and, like and... Bucky, just like Bucky, and uh, what's his face? I'm being your foil for today. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I would wait to stream it, Taylor. I would just, just, stream, just stream your movie to see what it's like. But I uh, honestly, the things you're saying, Taylor, I don't even like 100 percent disagree with. Like you're you're putting in a like all those things are things I like about movies as well. So I'm sure, like, it sounds like you a, a a movie that's set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's like Man from Uncle that has like the Red Skull in it or has like Florence Pugh's character in it. That sounds really cool. So I I hear. You. I mean, Matt being your foil aside, I I agree with Andrew. I think that sounds like a really cool idea. Um, we are at the end of this Marvel episode. Um, I mean, I I think this first of all, I think this was a lot of fun. And Taylor, I know I speak for our fans. I think this was great to have you here to do Marvel stuff. So I think that we should always have you watch marvel things that's what i think <laughs> i don't know how you feel about it in in 60 years in 60 years okay <laughs> in 60 years um andrew matt thank you both uh again for coming on the show we really appreciate hearing from you it's really good to balance out taylor with some some big marvel talk thanks for having me yeah this was a lot of fun thanks for having me um and that's it for this week's episode we'll be back with more movie reviews uh next week Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.